Well, good morning. It's a beautiful day here in Missouri. A little rain. I'm loving it. I sound like a newscast guy, but it's not. Gospel Joy Podcast. Here we go. Well, so glad you're listening to the Gospel Joy Podcast brought to you from Northern Hills Baptist Church. The Gospel Joy Podcast is a resource that is gospel-driven, Christ-centered, kingdom-minded for the glory of God to help you to grow as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I have a wonderful friend and a brother in Christ here in the studio, and his name is Mark Lockridge. How's it going? Hey, it's going well, Dr. J. Uh, Dr. J. <laughs> glad, glad to be part of this. You know what? So many people have been calling me that. I was just on the phone with our children's ministry person. Hey, Dr. J's in the house. Yeah. Well, well, I think he started something <laughs> in the service uh, last Sunday. Yeah. Well, we had, you know, Easter Sunday was just a glorious time we had. And we had a great Good Friday service as well. So uh, we made a little kind of reference to Dr. J. If you want to check it out, go on our YouTube page. And you can check it out. YouTube at dot com slash Northern Hills Baptist Church. So anyhow, so you know, Wayne Sandwich is calling me not Dr. J. You're the tidal wave, Hayashi, because of the <laughs> baptism and you know, all that Love fun it. stuff. Yeah. So anyhow, so Mark, it's good to have you. Tell me a bit about you and, you know, you and your family and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. The, again, Mark Lockridge, I've been a member here for 20, 20 some years now. So, um, you know, just a businessman here in the community and uh, just love to be part of this church, love the community this church has and the love this church has. And when we, we first arrived here, you could just sense the, the, you know, how people loved and cared for each other and really wanted to, they were super friendly. And that's really kind of what really got us here to start with. So a little bit about us. And I got uh, five kids, 13 grandchildren, counting the two that are on the way. And uh, yeah. That keeps us a little bit busy. Yeah, yeah. We got Pete here in the house too. He was just so like, what? You know, actually, I didn't know you had thirteen grandchildren. Congrats! Yeah. And two more to come. That is so exciting. That is awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, also, you know, Mark is actually our small group leader, and he's just fantastic. We have something called a refocus team, which is really a team that really evaluates what is our mission, value, strategy. And the vision statement of our church. So we've been working, you know, for the last several months. It's about nine to ten months that we work together to really solidify and bring clarity uh, uh, to really for the next several years, five to seven years, the vision that the Lord has for us here at this church. So I'm really excited to have Mark on that team as well. And you know, that's actually what we're going to be talking about today here at the podcast. So this is episode eight, and the podcast topic is this: It is why is small group vital to church health? So, man, we can go in so many directions with this, I guess. But, you know, uh, so I just wanted to kind of open the floor and just, you know, Mark and I to just kind of talk about hopefully it's edifying, helpful, encouraging for you, too, for those who are listening in. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, small groups, why they're vital. So just kind of repeat the question for a second. But I I think it's the connectivity it's the connecting tissue of uh, the church in the sense that. You know, we have corporate worship, which is extremely important, Sunday school, but I think there's a, there's a sense of how do you really connect with other people in the church outside of corporate worship. And small groups allows you to do that. You get a chance to get to know someone better. Um, we usually break bread or have a little fellowship, a little food, as we do at a lot of a lot of events here. Um, but it gives you a chance to really share, share prayer requests, give, uh, give each other support. 
on a personal level where, you know, you kind of come into church early, hopefully, except for the Lockridges, they always show up just a little bit late, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it, it's that time of just being able to really consolidate and get to know someone on a personal level that really, I think has been one of the key factors of that uh, group. And then, you know, of course, weave in the content of what the particular group is about and what you're studying. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, uh, I, I think I heard you early, you talked about Sunday school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, for those who are listening, doesn't know Sunday school, it's really just the name of it, Sunday school. It's on Sunday morning, you have a school, a classroom setting, uh, get together. Um, so what is small group? I, I guess this is just kind of off the top. Is small group another Sunday morning where we sit around and get information, download, um, uh, what, what makes small group different from Sunday school? Yeah, what, what makes it different besides it being more of a casual setting? Typically, we'll meet in homes, you know, so we're not at, we're not at church, not quite as formal. But I, I look at Sunday school as like, you just said it, you know, school is more of a leader-led kind of function where you've got a teacher who is prepared ahead of time, has studied the lesson, and is as a has a full agenda and topic of what he wants to discuss as it relates to a passage of scripture or a book of the Bible. Um, in in a small group, it's more of a facilitator that's kind of leading that group and will ask a number of questions, but it's a lot more group participation. So everyone in the group has a chance to really view their opinions. And sometimes in Sunday school, you get a little bleed over to almost being like a small group. But I think the distinction here is the group really is part of the overall content gathering, if you will, and, and people share their ideas about a particular topic that's being uh, discussed at that particular group. And, and typically a group will um, either, in our group specifically, we use video a lot. So we'll use a video study that has maybe six sessions or so, and we'll watch the video first, and then we'll have some questions, and sometimes those are already gathered by the the, the person who actually produced the video, has, set, uh, has study guides, and we'll work through those study guides together as a group, but it's not coming usually prepared with a lot of, you know, you got a homework assignment or anything like that. It's more of just... Uh, really, really digging into the content of, of whatever has been presented and then take that and as a group discuss it. That's typically a different kind of format than say Sunday school would be. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to recall like, you know, growing up in church, like for my idea, Sunday school is, yeah. is everybody sitting in a row. Right. And it's a, it's a very like formal classroom setting. Right. And there's one uh, person who's monologue speaking there may be questions, but you only see the back of their heads. Right. For my understanding, what I see Sunday Sunday versus Sunday school in small group, and Sunday school is not bad. We're not trying to put down Sunday school. I, I think there's a place for that. But the benefit of small group is rather than meeting in roles, they're meeting in circles. They get to see people's faces. Everybody has an equal opportunity to ask questions and you know dive into questions. So it's really a close-knit kind of relationship, right? You There's formulation it's they're meeting in their homes like you said it's not as formal it's kind of more casual in a sense but then i think what there's commonality there is that their close-knit relationship committed to the word of god right and to one another and i think that that's just crucial that's that's so just awesome 
I, and I think like, you know, if I was to like put the whole thing together as far as how it is all structured, typically when you arrive, you know, we have, you know, everybody brings a little appetizer or a little something, you know, to share with the group. We usually take the first 10, 15 minutes or so, and we are just chatting about what's happened in our individual lives over the last two weeks, maybe potentially since the last time we met. And then we'll sit down, we'll watch the video, and after the video is over, we kind of discuss it. And then it kind of ends with a prayer time where you can share, you know, prayer requests, concerns that are more confidential, you know, and maybe you don't, it's not, you're not comfortable sharing that prayer request with the entire corporate body of the church. But in your little small group, it's it's more intimate. People know you personally, and it gives you a chance to, you know, really get get close uh, to, to, to others that are part of the body of Christ. And through that, there's a, there's a bonding that occurs. And that bonding really kind of keeps you. Then when I said, when I started out this conversation about the connectivity, the tissue kind of connecting you, um, when you're missing in church and corporate study, people notice the, the small group notices and you, you may get a call saying, Hey, I didn't see you in church. Everything. Okay. What's going on with you? So there's, there's a, a sense of knowing more about that person than just kind of showing up in the, on Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful, you know, um, as they're coming together and, you know, I say, I often say to our flock, you know, good things happen around food. And uh, we love to eat, you know, we are, you know, our middle name is Baptist. And, you know, we, you know, we say jokingly, like when two or three Baptists gather, a chicken must die, you know? So, so we like to eat and get together, but also there's a sense that, that, that you, you're there to, you know, to learn with one another, to grow with one another. And, um, and also a sense that you're praying for one another. And, uh, scripture speaks a whole lot of that, you know, such as prefer one another encourage one another outdo one another and so forth speaking truth to one another so all those are just fantastic so let me just play the devil's advocate all right okay so you know let's say somebody who's been going to church for years and they said you know well mark jonathan you know i got me and my jesus i go to sunday morning that's it i'm good why should i join a church uh, join a small group why should you know, churches have small group. What are the benefits? Why can't just Sunday morning do it? Um, it's it's a place for discipleship as well, right? So yeah. it, you, and typically the topics will be very focused in an area that that particular small group is in their season of life. Um, you know, if you're a, a, a young married couple and maybe a, a marriage topic would be most appropriate. And so you're going to learn a lot from a biblical, godly perspective, how to manage your life uh, through whatever particular phase you happen to be in. If you're in more of the adolescent and you're parenting, you may be a, maybe a topic around parenting and we'll have a subject matter expert on the video. And then you all share and talk about that together and some of the individual issues maybe you've had in parenting process and then have others be able to share how maybe they handle this a similar kind of situation so it gives you a lot more situational kind of conversation than just you know let's go to you know mark chapter 2 verse 3 and and just you know from an expository way which is really important but is a different way is more of a topical route where you know you get right down to 
doing life together and having those conversations about what really maybe be a struggle uh, for your particular family or for you personally. And it gives you a chance to really focus that through God's word and not just, you know, talking to a friend at work over the water cooler or, you know, whatever, but this is more, you know, brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ that are really giving you that kind of input. So it gives a real focus around God's word as opposed to just somebody else's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's amazing is that I, I was kind of sharing last night with our deacon body that when we begin to share and do life, you, you just begin to realize, wait, you, you're going through this too. Like, right. Because a lot of times I think we forget first Corinthians 10, uh, 13, which says no temptation has overtaken you, that, that God is faithful, right. that he makes a way of escape. And, and a lot of times what I think Satan does is quite the opposite. It says you're alone in this. Right. And then this is, this is beyond and God has forsaken you. God has forgotten you. And somehow we subconsciously start believing the lies of the devil and realize, you know, wow, I'm the only one. I'm the only one as a husband. I'm a failure. I failed as a dad. And, and that could be such a lonely, isolated place. And, and, you know, Sunday morning, as much as I love, you know, the time of worship and the time of expository preaching, but, you know, it's, it's very one-sided, isn't it? So like, I, I often say discipleship, you're talking about discipleship, but I think like Sunday morning preaching is high content, very high contact information, but very low accountability. Right. I don't really know if pe people are really actually applying what's being preached or they're sleeping or are there. Yeah. They're, <laughs> you know, I, I was just joking. I was preaching at a chapel, you know, people like to go to the land of Nod. <laughs> start nodding you know um, so, but but you know in discipleship it's a small group there's maybe a bit lower content but high accountability right you know in, in and through because it's characterized by authenticity and accountability and they don't substitute with each other right it's like oh i'm in a small group i don't need to go to church or i am in sunday school i don't need to go to small group i think all three really have a different function in the church and I think are all important to kind of almost like a three-legged stool of, is how did the discipleship or the, the journey to becoming more Christ-like occurs. It occurs through different formats. And so I think all three formats together really weaved, weaved together a, a stronger bond with the people that you're fellowshipping with in the church itself. Yeah. And I'm going to dump in, dive into this next question real quick, but you know, one thing I just thought about, you know, by definition, small group is small group, right? You know, it's a small group of knit relationships. Sometimes it could be just even 10 people. It could just be six people. And you're thinking, wow, that's small. And yeah, and there's benefits to that. I think sometimes, I don't know about here, but like, I remember being at a church, they had 60 people in Sunday school. And that's just really hard to get to know. Like I'm, and you know, I was a pastor then too. I'm just like, I don't want to share like in the 60 people, but six, seven, eight close relationship with a husband and wife kind of couples group. Like I'm willing to share some of these things and just be transparent. Not, not, it's not like, because I'm lying, but it's just, you know, 60 people group. I'm intimidated to share anything. So, so sometimes Sunday school, I'm not saying every church, but sometimes Sunday school becomes a mini Sunday morning worship service. Right. And, right. and, 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 and I think the benefit, the value of small group is that, man, you get to talk, you get to share, they get to know your name, they get to know who you are, where you're at, your family. And, and because of that, because of the connections happening, the value is the real, authentic, transparent, 
real life transforming relationship takes place. So I guess, you know, Mark, I'm going to just put this question on you. What are yeah. some other values of joining a small group? Other values of joining a small group? Um, well, I just kind of going through, I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of them already, just the getting to know someone personally on a personal basis. But I think there's, there's more to it than that. It, it, uh, it's that accountability. So I would say, uh, authenticity in the fact that you have, you really have to be real when you're in a small group, when you're in that kind of a close setting. And honestly, we, we keep our groups pretty small of our, and not all, not all groups are like this, but if our group gets more than 12, it it's, it's getting no, people don't have a chance to really do that sharing. Um, and we'll split the group up maybe and and start two groups, that sort of thing. So one is the size of it allows you to get to know people personally. As you said, there's that authenticity piece. There is the, um, you know, the accountability with each other. And if it's a couples group, you know, it, it gives, you know, couples a chance to get to know each other. It, and honestly, it's a friend building group, right? It allows you to really become friends at a different level. And, and not that you can't be friends at church, but you, there's couples you may not know that have a lot in common with you that, you know, you'll find out, Hey, you know, they, they are, they're bicycle riders and you all kind of focus around that. So it doesn't necessarily always around, uh, a small group can function around all kinds of different things. Um, but as the center of that is, is Christ, right. And is God and is our, our learning together, how to do life. And, uh, outside of that, I mean, those are, those are the key things. Prayer would be the other piece. I think we sometimes always use, maybe we, prayer is the last thing we think of when really prayer should be one of the first things we think of. And as a group, it's much easier in that setting to learn how to pray. Some folks may not even pray regularly, but you get in a small group, it, it becomes more comfortable and more real. Yeah. And I think as well for teenagers and young adults and young couples and young married couples and young parents, a lot of times, you know, discipleship is, is caught rather than taught. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, even our children, they're not looking for information. They're looking for demonstration. So, you know, I think, you know, again, I want to be transparent, the pros and cons, the pros of Sunday school is it's one building one time then you're killing two birds with one stone. And then there's childcare usually, you know, we have nursery workers and so forth. So that's huge benefit of Sunday school. But let me tell you the benefit of small group, I think personally, the pros is, man, children get to see mom and dad or, you know, dads hanging out with other dads. And then if they have other friends then they're building relationship with their friends, they're running around the house. It seems a bit more chaotic, but it's actually a bit more real. Um, it's not everybody dressed up in their super nice tie, suit jacket, whatever. They're in their shorts, their T-shirts. They're having a meal around the couch. But, man, they're seeing like, you know, this is what it looks like to be a family. This is what it means to, to love on one another. This is what it means to not just theoretically say they're family, but they are really family. Right. This is what it means to carry each other's burden. And this is what it means to get a call in the middle of the night. And loving on people because they've done life so much. Actually, that's the, the Greek word in Acts 2 talks about koinonia, which koinonia is fellowship. But it's so much deeper. It's the idea that this says we've done life so much together. Now, Mark, you're 
joy has become my joy and your sorrow has become my sorrow. And they really sense that to the point that you even walk in a room and says, what's going on? You know, you can look in their eyes and can tell because they've done life so much together in small group allows that to do it. Oh yeah. So, definitely. you know, I think, I think that's a benefit that the children get to see what it means to pray for one another. I'm amazed on and on just, when I pray for people, they said, nobody ever prayed for me in my life, you know, but that becomes a rhythm of our life. That's where we begin to see the gospel begin to emulate and the gospel to take reality in our life. That's where gospel begins to be revealed in our life because we're living the gospel. No, that's really, really good. And I, another thought that just kind of came through my mind is to give clarity to how this structure works with small group. It's not a lifetime group, right? So it's like you join a group and you're in, in that group forever and ever, but there's usually a starting and an ending point to that group. So that group may have a six week cycle where they study a given topic for six weeks. And then there's kind of this, okay, we can change up groups. I can do other things, you know, other things. So I, I want to let people really understand it's not a, this group gets together and then they become a clique, you know, they become a real, you know, they only talk with each other and they're kind of a microcosm of the church. It's really a chance to study the God's word and a, and a topic of concern uh, over a period of time and then move on to another topic, you know, and it really kind of flows like that where I think Sunday school, you, you know, we get same Sunday school class for, you know, how many years, right. And so it stays, it stays more consistent. So, there is a kind of a closure and a starting to groups. And then you may stay in that same group and they may be covering other things you're, you're interested in, but um, it's not necessarily uh, going to go on forever. Yeah. And I think that's so beneficial in today's day and age where we live in a postmodern world and there's so many different activities. I think about parents, you know, baseball and, soccer and you know many other different activities uh that happens throughout the year and but you're committing for eight weeks right. you know maybe start of the fall to all the way to thanksgiving right and and that's it you know it's not like you're committed 52 weeks of the year but we're committed for this and they do do events together they do thanksgiving together they do birthday parties together they hang out with christmas together but then okay we take a break it's winter break we're on vacation we're traveling right. Then, okay, New Year starts January. We can start off a new group. We can do like 12 weeks or something or or whatever, however long. And then summer comes, Mother's Day head, you know, Memorial Day head, summer vacation. They're out. They're gone about, you know, whether going to Florida on the vacay or whatever um, or going to the mountains in Colorado. Uh, then that, then it's not like in and out. They're gone. But, but I think if you give a designated season of like, man, this slot, we're committed together. You know, I mean, that's, that seems to me more approachable rather than, you know, well, you got to commit like now until death do us apart. Like, I'm <laughs> like, wow, that's a huge commitment. But right. if it's just a certain season amount, I'm like, yeah, I can commit. So we're, we're, we're actually coming up with like, not a contract, but like you're, 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 you're making a promise that you're going to commit together as we study this curriculum together. And I think that's actually more doable in the 21st century. Yeah, and we're going to start our small groups here in the fall, right? So, uh, you know, there's groups going on now, and we don't control it like that. But typically, it'll be a kickoff where we do a small a fall group, and then, like you said, again, in, in the spring. And then summers is more of a relaxation time. You may get together as a group just for a potluck or, 
you know, a grill out on the back barbecue, something like that, just to kind of keep the connection going, but not necessarily as formal, you know, more of just a get together as friends than it would be other things. And you're going to find that with small groups is that you really, you do make good friends through this process that, you know, you'll want to fellowship with because you love one another. Yeah. You were talking about earlier before the podcast, you, you're going to go turkey hunting with some yeah. of these guys from a small group and yeah. that those formulate because small groups and doing life together. So yeah, that's awesome. So let me ask last but not least this question. We're talking about discipleship. Discipleship means growing, learning. You know, I often say it's discipleship is learning to live and love like Jesus. So there's a sense of maturity or spiritual maturation. So like, do you have some stories or examples of people who've, you know, actually kind of because of small group, they matured in the Lord. They grew together because they've studied a certain topic or certain something. I don't know in your life or people in your small group or you've seen. Well, yeah. And I, and I, and yeah, you don't have to be, well, first of all, let me back up. You don't have to be this big expert to lead a small group. And that's the way that these videos have helped out in a lot of ways. And some, so, you know, um, we did one on marriage where it was a guy named Gunther and uh, very much almost like a comedian kind of thing, but he had really good insights into marriage. And, and then just talking about that and finding out using those, those, you know, techniques through, you know, like I said, God's word, but also the topic that is really critical to that particular group. Um, you know, if you're going to have a group and everyone in there has got grandkids, like I was just talking about, and you're, yet it's, it's on, you know, raising young children, they're not going to really identify at that point in time. So it needs to be focused in an area and you need to pick a group that has, has a topic that you really could feel like you, you can grow in that area. So as far as kind of the long-term growth and discipleship and so forth, um, you'll pick groups, I think, and topics out of a, of a menu of, of different options that you might have that really relate to where you are in life at that moment. And it's much, much more interesting than just you know, going to a topic that may not really fit your particular place in life right now. And, and you're, you end up sitting and listening and not really participating a lot more fun when it's affecting you personally right now in your life, as you, you know, as you're experiencing it and, or you're talking with someone who's experienced it before and now they can share how it turned out for them and maybe some good positive, uh, ways of outcomes that you may not have thought of. Yeah. And, and I love what you mentioned just at the end. It's really like a Titus two kind of mentality, you know, because there's seasoned people who are in the church that say, Hey, trust me, I've been there. Yeah. You know, uh, I was teaching a biblical counseling class. I started uh, on Monday. It's going to go for eight weeks. And it really does help if people experience, they know, like they've gone through hardship, they've gone through difficulty and just same with like parenting, just say, yep. man, I remember that as a few years ago, or I'm actually going through that right now. This is what I did. I'm like, right. You know, it's like, I'm all in. I want to hear because, you know, I just, you know, I, I was going through a study with Chip Ingram on family and parenting and stuff like that. And uh, Chip Ingram is just so, you know, you know, filled with scripture and points to scripture, but also it was practical and very helpful. I'm like, well, how do you deal with when a child is giving tantrum and you just want to scream on top of your lungs? Because, right. But how do you emulate Christ? I mean, that's a question, isn't it? Like, 
as parents, they want to know, they want to live faithfully. Right. They want to see their children nourished in admonition of the Lord. But what does that look like? Right. What does it look like to husband love your wife as Christ loves the church? And how can we help one another? How can we encourage one another? And and these small groups, you give it opportunities for maybe older couples to pair up with some younger couples. And it, it is a disciple-making sort of relationship, right? It yeah. really is. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So, you know, I think th- this is this is just from looking back, just our conversation for the last three minutes. I think discipleship or small group is so much more than what you get out of. It's actually what the community, the relationship, the commitment of the disciple-making relationship we get to have uh, in our lives. So... So yeah, that that's awesome. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Mark? No, I just uh, thank you for you know inviting me to participate and be part of this podcast. It's it's been a pleasure, and just uh, looking forward to our groups that start up in the fall. That uh, you know, if you're someone out there who feels like, hey, I've been called to kind of be a leader, um, you know, contact me, contact Jonathan, and we'd love to make you part of it. How you would participate in that way? Absolutely. So thank you again for taking the time to listen, whether you're driving or whether you're folding your clothes or doing laundry or you're on a run or you're mowing the yard uh, on the lawnmower. Just thank you for taking the time to listen. Uh, If it was really helpful, I want you to go ahead and give us a five-star review (laughs) on Google Play and so forth. And, you know, if you want to follow uh, myself uh, on Twitter, I'm twitter.com slash Jonathan Hayashi. And then you can find other previous episodes uh, on our website at Northern Hills Baptist Church, nhbcweb.org. And uh, hopefully it will continue to encourage one another uh, and to grow with one another and to make disciples of all nations for the glory of God. So again, thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful day and God bless you all.